Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. It's another college hockey-centric podcast as we get you set for the renewal of the Route 7 rivalry between RPI and Union. I'll have interviews with both teams. Later on, Josh Segan of College Hockey News joins me to preview the ECAC hockey season. Yes, I know that Union and RPI played an exhibition game on October 2nd at Messer Rink. But let's face it, that game did not have the intensity that this weekend's games will have. Friday's 7 p.m. contest will be at Messer Rink, where a sellout crowd will be watching. Saturday's 7 p.m. rematch will be at Houston Fieldhouse, where only students, faculty, staff, and the media will be the ones allowed to attend the game. Honestly, that seems a little weird, not having nearly 4,000 screaming fans at the uh, game at the Houston Fieldhouse. Well, let's start with Union. The Dutchman had their media availability on Tuesday. First up is head coach Rick Bennett. Rick, um, how much fun will it be this weekend, finally, after missing last year with the rivalry with RPI? Yeah, it's always, you know, we're talking about it in the exhibition game, and now we're talking about it. Seems like uh, it's live now, and so it's, I mean, it's exciting for coaching staff, so I can't even really put the words how much, uh, you know, how, how exciting it is for the players to play. That exhibition game, what did you learn about RPI? One thing uh, was age. <laughs> I think there's a couple guys in that team that are older than me. So uh, I, it just seemed like when they were playing, it was I just saw a lot of upperclassmen and that, that, that have played the game and just know how to play the right way and very like a disciplined group. I mean, that game wasn't as intense, but you expect a lot more intensity come Friday night here? Oh, most definitely. You know, it's, it's a little different style, though, than, than years ago. Um, a little more patient game, but they're, again, they're very talented watching them. Uh, extremely well coached. Uh, you can just tell. Do you feel from. that the six games you guys played leading up to this, got the, are you ready for league play now? Well, I'd like to think that we're better than the exhibition game. Um, you know, our, our record may not show that, but... Honestly, going into the year, wasn't too focused on the first first half as far as wins and losses. You know, we just were focused on are we improving each each week. But now the wins losses for league play become important, right? No, oh, most definitely. I mean, it's you know, for for us, it's it's in, and for this for two groups, it's going to be their first time in league play, and you get to play your your big rivals. So, what what else could you ask for? Especially now, now they're three-point games as opposed to years past when two-point games you get three points for the regulation win. So, uh, does that bring an extra sense of urgency to these games? <laughs> However, they chalk it up as far as points, and you get the win. Well, if it's two or three, we'll take. We'll t- I'll take three. How's that? Okay. We'll we'll definitely take three. So, but again, we're not caught up in. We can't get caught up in that. We just got to get caught up in being much better than we were last weekend. You know, you touched on it, but, you know, the first game obviously being an exhibition game is one thing, but just 
how excited do you sense and how much do you think it'll mean for both sides to be able to take the ice again and compete against each other uh, you know, after all that time away? Again, I'd like to think that from a player's perspective, I ask, and I don't want to speak for them. I think that's a, it's a good player's question that you go into league play, your first game in league play against your big rival. And I, I don't think it gets any, any better than that. You know, for you know, for a player that that wants to compete. And, and you talked about some of the things that you did take away from that scrimmage, but how much really stock can you put in that? I think both teams are probably, you know, tampering with with lines, stuff like that. How much can you really take away from from that kind of exhibition? I, I, I let's just say I'm not sure I'm watching that game to scout it to help us prepare for RPI this weekend. I guess that's the best way that I can put it. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, you touched on, on the you know, having a lot of veterans, but what, all, what other strengths do you see from this this RPI team that, that makes them tough? What do you kind of prepare for this weekend? Well, the goaltender's playing really well, you know, based on what, what, what I just watched from Vermont. <laughs> so that starts there. Have, again, an older decor that has some size, that plays hard. And then you have some, you know, forwards that very balanced lines. So... It's a, it's a really good combo, and again, I just think they're really well coached. And you know, when 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 you have that going for you, you're 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 a real tough out. Rick, I know we touched on this a little bit after Saturday night, but I want to expand a little more. Uh, the penalty kill, he gave up seven, has given up seven power play goals in the last 14 uh, shorthanded situations. That's coming off the over six uh, last Friday against Colorado College. We talked about you know trying to stay out of the penalty box. What what do you have to do? You know, when you do get up shorthanded, as far as getting back to what you did against Colorado College in that first game, again it's a balance. Um, I think it's weird. So you know the PK is a little bit different, and especially teams are from night to night. And one night we were on, and the next night you know we weren't so on. So again, I I really feel that the PK kind of starts starts with the coach and the fact that we've got to be more just disciplined. Uh, we can't be going on it five, six times a night. And that starts with me. So, you know, in order for me to help out our coaching staff and, and the players at the PK is i got to get that message across. We just need to be a little more, you know, disciplined. And especially when games are on the line. I mean, you know, at the point of Bram Shearer, it took a, you know, a couple of penalties against Lake Superior, especially Saturday when you know, the game was tied at that point. Sure. Uh, what do, you, what do you have to tell the players? You know, at that point, you have to, to be more disciplined, more smarter. At that point, yeah, and that's it. It's an awareness of the game, and basically, time management, self-management, uh, and it's just we got we kind of got out of whack a little bit, and it, it's and it's caught us a couple times here, and it's just hopefully through our shared experiences here, we've we've figured it out a little bit. So when we go into you know Friday night, we've learned a lot in those six games, just through you know our <laughs> let's just say mistakes. Uh, what do you have to do differently on the peak besides you know, discipline? What do you have to do differently style-wise? Style-wise, just. I would just think uh, more straight lines, a little more stop and starts. You can't curl and twirl on a on on, on PK. Good teams will find your seams and they'll and and they'll burn you. Um, and you know, 
those are that's kind of where where it starts and yeah you always want to block a few more shots but that's easier to say again you don't wake up in the morning and say I can't wait to block a ton of shots tonight you know it uh, hey the puck hurts but if that's your role you got to execute it health wise what's the situation there again there those are week to week uh, with Dylan Anhorn and you know Ferris so you know, we're just kind of, you know, you just keep your fingers crossed and hope, and hope the best for them. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. It's another college hockey-centric podcast as we get you set for the renewal of the Route 7 rivalry between RPI and Union. I'll have interviews with both teams. Later on, Josh Segan of College Hockey News joins me to preview the ECAC hockey season. Yes, I know that Union and the RPI played an exhibition game on October 2nd at Messer Rink. But let's face it, that game did not have the intensity that this weekend's games will have. Friday's 7 p.m. contest will be at Messer Rink, where a sellout crowd will be watching. Saturday's 7 p.m. rematch will be at Houston Fieldhouse, where only students... Faculty, staff, and the media will be the ones allowed to attend the game. Honestly, that seems a little weird, not having nearly 4,000 screaming fans at the uh, game at the Houston Fieldhouse. Well, let's start with Union. The Dutchman had their media availability on Tuesday. First up is head coach Rick Bennett. <laughs> well, guys, uh, first time in a couple of years we get to play RPI. We had the exhibition game here uh, earlier this month, but to get back into a competition with your capital region rival what's that going to be like friday night here at mesa start with you uh, josh yeah we're uh, we're fired up um obviously our first six games can de- could have definitely gone better uh, with a lot to learn from but now league play starts and for a lot of guys they don't know this rivalry and they're going to learn pretty quick um so i mean i know all the returners that have been through this battle are uh are ready to go and we're super excited Connor, you, you know, Hudson Falls native, you've seen what the rivalry's like. Now for you to, to play in it for the first time, what's it going to be like Friday night? Yeah, I mean, like Josh said, it's exciting. I think everyone's pretty fired up for it. Um, obviously, I do have a little bit of a knowledge of what it's like to for these two teams to go against each other. But I think for the younger guys and the sophomores who haven't seen it yet, I think it's going to be pretty exciting for them once they finally get on the ice and uh, see what it's all about. You, what's it going to be like? To, you know, I know you had the, the exhibition game, but now I get the chance to play for real. Yeah, I think it's going to be an absolutely electric barn. From what I've been hearing, it's already it's been sold out for a few weeks here. I think each game, our sophomores and freshmen who haven't played any games are starting to learn more and more every time you step on the ice. So, I think our confidence is going up, and it should be a good battle coming up here. Do you guys feel ready? I mean, after the six games, uh, not only games, I know mean, that's a one, four, and one record to start, but do you feel ready to play conference games? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, every game you go into, you feel like you're ready. And I think we took some good strides over those six games. Obviously, we didn't didn't get the results we wanted. But I thought, um, you know, we responded well. If we had a poor game on the Friday, I think we, were, we responded well on the Saturday. So we're just going to take all the positives that have happened over the last six games and, um, you know, give it our all on Friday and Saturday. You guys have, uh, 
uh, after that, you know, killing off all six uh, power plays in Colorado College last Friday, you guys have now given up seven power play goals in the last 14 games. What's been, what do you have to do to correct that and not, not get back to what you did uh, last Friday? Yeah, just uh, get back to the drawing board. Um, you know, we trust our system. It's worked in the past. Um, it's just, I guess, a bad streak. Um, you know, we're confident with the guys um, that coach puts out there. Everyone's willing to do what it takes um, to kill those penalties. But at the end of the day, we got to get the job done, and we haven't. So we definitely have to curve that. How important is the discipline, though, not to take this back? I mean, there's been a couple of late game penalties when you guys, you know, I think last Friday were, you know, get, got to within one, that there was a late penalty, and the same thing you tied Saturday night, and a, a late penalty uh, got you guys. It's frustrating, obviously, but just like I said before, it's just learning curves. It's how we're going to adapt to those situations going forward. Everyone knows that people are going to be making mistakes, and it's what we learn from that. And we go through the video every day, and we'll see what we did wrong. And obviously, we're going to try and not make those mistakes coming up in the upcoming weekends. How important is it to stay disciplined? I know, especially you know, with RPI, it's going to be a rivalry. It's going to be a lot more heated than it was in that exhibition game. It's going to be crucial. I mean, you can't put many teams, give them four or five power plays a game, they're obviously going to score playing great teams right now. So I think really comes down to special teams in lots of the games, giving up power play goals or scoring power play goals. So ideally we're going to have to cut down on the penalties and make sure our power play can step up when we get the chances. And Connor, how important is it for you to you know, stop those chances? Yeah, I mean, just like he said, I think it's coming down to uh, special teams every game where you see where we are killing the penalties off and scoring power play goals and we, we won the games. But I think the opposite has been happening recently where we haven't really been able to kill the penalties and we're getting uh, getting bit for it. So I think it's definitely important for us to, to just dial it in and try to figure out where we're going wrong on the power, uh, the penalty kill, excuse me. You, know, you guys mentioned that a lot of these guys haven't experienced uh, this kind of rivalry atmosphere before. Is there anything that you can say or do to even prepare that for? Or is it just kind of push them in the pool and see if they can swim kind of thing? Um, yeah, this this rivalry is a little different. Um, I have I have so much confidence in, in the two classes, the way they've been playing uh, the first six games. Um, we can only help and guide them and talk about it as much, but until they actually play in the game is when you really experience it, when you step on the ice on Friday and, you know, the place is going electric, um, it'll start to sink in. But at the end of the day, it's it's going to be really exciting, and I'm excited for them. And in, Coach was saying, you know, he's not going to really be watching the tape of that exhibition, you know, trying to scout that game out. Can you get kind of a feel for – you know, maybe at least the style of play going against them in that exhibition game? Um, kind of. I mean, that was definitely like a funky game, but it's RPI, you know, it's going to be a dogfight. So um, we, we know they're going to bring a high compete level. Um, you know, they showed some skill against us in that exhibition game, so we're going to have to give it our all. How much did you miss playing them last year? A lot. Well, I miss playing everyone last yeah, year. Yeah, in particular, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, no, these are definitely the games you get up for the most. Now we head over to Troy and the Engineers. They had media availability on Wednesday. First up is head coach Dave Smith. Dave, uh, we know we played our, our union earlier this month, but now 
the intensity ratchets up. So how much are the guys looking forward to playing the first meaningful game against Union since uh, 2020? Well, uh, our, our guys are very excited to play Union. Um, I know that it was an exhibition game, but that was the first time we stepped on the ice, so I, I would hesitate to call it not meaningful, even though it was just an exhibition game. It had a lot of meaning, not in the standings, and it was truly an exhibition game, but that had so much meaning because we hadn't played in 18 months. This being league play um, against a rival, it, it feels really good. It feels good um, to be this excited. It feels good to um, look forward to uh, you know a capital region matchup of of league opponents. It, it's very exciting. I know you probably missed playing hockey last year, but how much more did you miss facing Union? Well, you miss the big games. Like one of our team goals is is we identified these these special games like. It's, it's against our crosstown rival. It's, uh, it's a special blackout jersey night. It's, it's an important game that our guys have circled on the schedule. That's what you miss. You miss that little bit extra you know, fuel on the fire. And it's um, something that until you've experienced it, you, you don't know what you're missing. And, and now that it's here, it, it's, you, feel the, you feel the passion. What did you learn about Union in that exhibition game? Um, nothing new. They're, they're extremely hard working. They're very well coached and um, they bring it every shift. Hey, you mentioned uh, you know, the start of league play as well. It's just, you know, how much more does that ratchet up the intensity that not only are you playing your rival, but starting also to get into league play? I'm, I'm not sure that we want to ratchet up our intensity for specific opponents. I think that will happen naturally um, because it is a rival, because it is union. Um, but we want to be a mature group that plays with intensity and purpose every single night because um, across the table uh, it can be any team, any opponent, and they're bringing it. So we have to make sure that we're always ratcheted up. Uh, you were at Union yesterday and some of the players were talking about you know, just how intense the rivalry is, the atmosphere, all of those kind of things, and with two new classes of players, there's a lot of guys who haven't experienced uh, maybe that kind of atmosphere yet. Is there any way to really prepare them for that, or is it kind of, you know, push them in the pool, see how well they swim kind of thing? Yeah, um, they're prepared for it. They know, they're excited. They're, they, they've talked to their other teammates that have played in the game, and um, it's not like either team is pushing hockey players into a pool and wondering if they can swim because these guys have been part of intense games and intense rivals so rivalries wherever they came from but um, this one's real it, it, it gets great media coverage it's, um, it's it's for bragging rights and you know we're playing for the skates which we currently have and want to keep um, so there's a lot of reasons that the guys are aware and will be prepared for the games. And then looking at you know this year's union team uh, and preparing for them, what kind of strengths do you see? What, what do you kind of have to prepare for them? Well, the power play is going at almost 20% right now. They're um, they're a team that 
I don't think, I mean, I've watched all of their games. Um, they, they always work hard. They always bring physical play. They're, they're very well coached and disciplined in their, in their structure. And, um, you know, they, they've gotten better. I mean, their shots for have increased almost every game. Their goal scoring has increased since the beginning. Um, they, they get after it, and they're a, a very good hockey team. Their penalty kill though has been kind of suspect. I mean, they give up seven power play goals the last three games. They're only killing penalties at a 64-65% rate. Uh, how important is it maybe to draw them into penalties and take advantage of their uh, penalty kill? Yeah, we, we can't go into a game with just one single mindset of saying our goal is to draw them into penalties. I think we want to we wanna dictate the tempo and the pace of the game. If we're doing that, um, the likelihood is that there would be more penalties on the other team. If we're chasing them, there would be more penalties on us. And, um, you know, we watched uh, the power play goals against, and I think they were a little out of sync and a little out of rhythm, but Coach Bennett's been around a long time, and I'm sure he's addressed that this week. So um, we'll look at their tendencies and, and plan for our best. Game sold out at uh, Mesa. Obviously, you can't have fans from outside. Uh, uh, the campus here. Uh, what do you think it's going to be like Friday night in a mess of the sold out? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be loud. I think it's going to be uh, intense and crazy. And um, I hope there's a lot of red, uh, cherry, and white there. Up next, the senior forward and co captain, Tor Linden. Tor, I know that you, know, you guys missed playing hockey last year, but how much more did you miss? Missing not playing Union last year, and now we're getting ready to, uh, you know, you guys getting ready to face off uh, this weekend. Yeah, um, we're amped up. Uh, there's a lot of history in this uh, rivalry, and uh, we played them in an exhibition, and it was already like a regular season game. So uh, I'm sure the game uh, Friday night, I heard it sold out. I'm sure it's going to be juiced, and uh, we're going to be really excited to play. Was the intensity there in that exhibition game, or, or was it, is it, and we'll be amped up a little more this weekend? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be higher stakes. I mean, these are the first uh, ECA, ECAC points on the board as well. Um, and just kind of restarting that rivalry regular season is going to be really, really cool. You got a lot of, you know, players that haven't experienced the rivalries first couple of year players because that two big classes. How can you, is there any way to kind of prepare them for what they're going to experience in that kind of different atmosphere with a pack rank, I'm sure, on Friday night? Or is it just kind of you got to experience it to really know what it's like? Yeah, I thought Vermont had a pretty good atmosphere actually last weekend, so I thought that was a good test. Um, I think we've been talking a little bit about the rivalry and about um, the history and how fun it's been in the past to win the skates and uh, beat Union. So uh, I think they're just as excited as we are uh, to do it again. What does this rivalry you know, mean to you, and, and how excited are you to be able to renew it after you know, a couple of years? Yeah, um, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year, um, definitely one we circle because um, we play, you know, home and home against our rival. Uh, the blackout game is always a blast, and uh, we're really excited to play in front of a sold-out crowd on Friday. So, With that exhibition, was there anything that you can kind of learn from it as far as either style of play, speed, anything that you can kind of get a game for, or is it kind of you got to put that one behind you and just, you know, look forward to this one? Yeah, I think we've been focusing on starting on time. I think we need to play our game from the start, um, not kind of let them dictate the pace. Um, so that's our goal. Uh, right away is to just play our game. And then what kind of strengths do you see with Union? What do you kind of be prepared for uh, when the puck drops? Well, they always play hard. Um, they're always physical. Um, and in their building, we know they're going to be fired up. Um, so uh, just kind of we want to dictate the pace and we want to have more passion out there and we want to be the team that wants to win more. Is it kind of disappointing that you won't have a sold-out crowd here on Saturday uh, when, when the rematch could you still wish the fans would be able to show up? 
Yeah, of course. Um, we really wish we could have fans, uh, at least parents in the building. Um, but uh, either way, it's a hockey game at TCAC, and we're really excited to play. I'm sure we'll have a lot of students there as well. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that there'll be uh, more RPI fans in the building than usual, too? Is there one of the chances that parents and, and things like that can, can go locally? Yeah, I think so, for sure. A lot of our parents are coming, and um, I've heard of a lot of fans uh, that want to come as well. So I think we're going to have a good, a good RPI crowd. We'll see. Uh, when red is chanted for the national anthem, we'll see how loud it is. Finally, it's graduate student goalie and co-captain Lyndon Marshall. Marshall was named ECAC Hockey Goalie of the Week Monday for his 28-save effort in the Engineers' 2-1 win against Vermont last Saturday. I know you guys played an exhibition game against Union earlier this month, but how much more intense will this game, these games be this weekend? Uh, I, I think the two points on the line definitely add some, but when it comes to us and Union, it's always a big uh, rivalry, and uh, I know both teams really want to win those games. It's actually three points now. Yeah, three, 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 for, <laughs> three for regulation. Yeah, all more. <laughs> so, um, did, was that exhibition game, just, was there the intent, I did, uh, watching that game, it didn't seem like the intensity was there because it was an exhibition game, you got to try to figure things out, but what did you learn about Union during that uh, game? Uh, we know they're they're a hard hockey team to play against. They they want to outwork you every night, and I, I think they showed that. They showed it early in the game, and uh, that, that's part of our game that we work towards too. So uh, I'm thinking Saturday and Friday night are going to be two hard-nosed hockey games. What does this rivalry mean to you and, and, and some of the returners, but you specifically? Uh, and how excited are you to renew it after you know being away from? Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite part about playing college hockey is playing the home-and-home home with the Union. Uh, I know a few years back we, we swept them in the home-and-home, and, home and that was probably the, the pinnacle of uh, my college hockey so far. So I'm, I'm hoping to relive that this weekend. Absolutely. And then you have some guys who haven't experienced it, a lot of guys who haven't experienced it, either transfers, you know, the freshmen and sophomore all haven't experienced this rivalry. Is there anything that you can really say or do to prepare for that, or is it just kind of – I think it's a little bit of just pushing them in the pool, but uh, I, I think they hear the buzz, and uh, all all year we're going to stress that you know unions are playing union is a it's a really important game for us as a program, and I'm sure it's important for them as well. But uh, I, I think they'll they'll see what it's like, and, and they'll step up to the challenge. You guys be being playing in front of a sold out crowd Friday night uh, at Mesa Rink. I mean, and unfortunately, you can't have anybody at Houston Fieldhouse other than students and uh, staff and, and employees. Uh, so, what, what do you think it's going to be like in, in Mesa on Friday night with all the fans? It's going to be. It's definitely going to be electric. I, I know uh, RPI will have a lot of fans come out, which is exciting for us. And uh, anytime you can play in front of a sold out crowd is it's a lot of fun. You know, schematically, systematically, what kind of player are you expecting um, from Union on Friday? What kind of strengths do you have to prepare for with you? Uh, right now they're really strong in the power play, so we got to focus on our, our PK being really dialed in there and, and playing to what we know their strengths are. As well, they're, they're just a hard-working hockey team, and we know if we're going to walk away with, with the win this weekend, we're, we're going to have to outwork them as well. And their PK has not been so uh, good this, so far this season. They gave up seven power play goals in the last three games. They're killing penalties at about a 64, 65% rate. So what do you have to do to maybe draw them in the penalties and take advantage of their penalty kill? I think, again, it's just playing hard hockey. If you're out working teams, then penalties just come in a way. 
And uh, I know we've obviously been pre-scouting their their penalty kill, and we're we're going to be looking to uh, take advantage of that one when we have the chance. Uh, Linda, you're the you're the goalie of the week. Uh, what does that mean for you? you got, obviously, we got a big road win at Vermont uh, last weekend. You know, obviously your teammates played well in front of you, but uh, you, you know, what does that mean for your your third uh, award of your career there? Uh, it's definitely exciting. It's it's nice to be noticed. Uh, I think at the end of the day, though, it's. It's nothing more than just a little quick pat on the back, but uh, yeah, it, it feels good in a way. Did you miss playing Union last year? Besides, I mean, I missed playing hockey, but was it even more uh, missing Union? Yeah, it was definitely tough, especially knowing that uh, they were playing and practicing, but uh, uh, just anytime we can play Union, is it's, it's always a great game. Coming up, Josh Segan of College Hockey News helps me preview the ECAC hockey season. You're listening the Parting Shots Podcast. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, Imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports writer Mike McAdam. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. My next guest covers the ECAC hockey for College Hockey News. It's Josh Segan and Josh... Welcome back to the podcast. Last time we had you on, we were previewing the first round of the 2020 ECAC hockey tournament, and we're going to be you're going to be on uh, the following week and the week after that. But then something hit. Yeah, well, we had that wonderful thing called COVID, right? Yeah. Um, wow, what a year it's been! What a what a couple of years! It's uh, it's also nice having you back in the fray here I and Union that. and RPI and you know all the Ivy League schools. So it's good to good to. Um, everybody's back. Yes, I appreciate that. It's good to be back covering uh, the team. Well, let's talk about this league. Uh, it's, it's one of those years when, I, I, doing the media poll, I was throwing darts at the dartboard. Was, I, I, we know four of the teams, uh, Quinnipiac, Colgate, uh, Clarkson, and St. Lawrence, but the other eight, we have really no clue what's going on. So it's like, it's, I think this year is probably the most unpredictable league we'll see in a, in a, in a while. Yeah, but there is trends, though. I mean, you're always going to have Quinnipiac. You're always going to have uh, Harvard. You're always going to have Clarkson under Casey Jones um, and Cornell, obviously. So, I mean, it wasn't as unpredictable as, you, as people probably are making it out to be. But, yes, especially down around from fifth down, now that's where it became very difficult. Yeah. I mean, how do you look? How do you see this league? I mean, obviously, we, we, the knowns of Quinnipiac, as you said, they had a great weekend uh, splitting with North Dakota. Uh, and you know, two top five team, two top ten teams there. 
Uh, we know Clarkson. Uh, we know St. Lawrence, a surprise winner of the ECAC hockey tournament last year. Colgate's off to a great start. So uh, for those four teams, do they have some sort of advantage going into the season? I don't know, though. I don't know if it's been as big as I thought it would be. I mean, RPIs look pretty uh, pretty good in their opening uh, few weeks. You know, a couple of win against Bowling Green. Good team over the last few years. Um, you know, and, and it just seems like some of these teams um, are just picking up right where they left off. I mean, even Union had a, had a big win, a big weekend two weeks ago against Colorado College. Tough NCHC team. Um, and yeah, I just I don't know if it really affected the, the uh, if it's really that big of an advantage. It hasn't been so far. I mean, obviously, we'll see when the Ivy League teams come in because you know they they have the two weeks to begin with, and then you know they haven't played in two years either. So we'll see how that affects. Yeah, now obviously, Harvard and Dartmouth, the traditional opener in RPI and Union uh, play this weekend. So yeah, does it? Do we feel normal now with these teams back? I think so. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we should probably actually also mention Harvard in there. I probably haven't mentioned them, but they'll probably be up there too. I mean, they probably have as more, much talent as they've had in years. 13 draft picks, you know, the number 13 overall pick of last year coming in. Um, so, yeah, no, so I think everything's kind of back to normal. We'll see how Cornell does, though. They have a lot more questions than they normally do. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how they do. Yeah. Uh, a team like Yale, I mean, I think they were devastated uh, with uh, you know losing recruits because of the pandemic. Yeah, no, Yale. Yale's kind of an interesting one, right? Twenty three, twenty three players total, uh, thirteen forwards. Yeah, it's probably going to be a tough year in New Haven. There, looking at that. But we'll see. Keith Lane, like, you know, Rick Bennett, very good coaches. So uh, we'll see how they do. But uh, he has his uh, – Keith Lane definitely has his work cut out for him with this team and the lack of depth. I mean, we saw what lack of depth did a few years ago to Mark Morris's St. Lawrence team. So uh, the, this is probably even at, the, at a higher level. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the, the favorites, we, you know, Quinnipiac, Cornell, Harvard, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously Quinnipiac is going to be up there every year. I mean, and like I said, they had a good a good weekend splitting with North Dakota. Some good games there. Is this team? Is this team has this program has gotten the two NCAA championship games has not won. I mean, is the time right for them to uh, you know get there and yeah finally win an NCAA title? Yeah, I mean, you look at their roster. I mean, they, they the advantages that the teams that played last year have are that they're deep. Um, you look at a team like Quinnipiac, who brought in a bunch of uh, transfers, like Tony Stilwell from Brown. They had Oliver Chow come from the UMass. And then that adds on to a group of players that, you know, like Ethan DeYoung and Skylar Brindamore, Wyatt Bongiovanni, uh, Ty Smolanik, probably the best out of that group. But, yeah, you look at their, their depth, and it's just uh, it's the deepest team Quinnipiac has had in years. But, I mean, you look around the, you look around the league, especially with the teams that played last year, their advantages, there is probably some of those teams. Colgate's as deep as they've been in a long time. Clarkson, oh, my God, they're very deep as well. They've pretty much returned everybody. So, yeah, it's the year, but you get to look around the around the country, too, and a lot of teams are as deep as they've ever been just mainly because of that extra year. Yeah, especially, I mean, for teams like Union, RPI, I mean, they and, and the, the Ivies are going to have basically two classes to integrate, uh, first-year classes to integrate. I mean, do you see some difficulty for some of these teams dealing with, you know, maybe too many players? 
Yeah, yes and no. I mean, like I said, we haven't really seen much of that with RPI. RPI's actually look pretty good. I've watched a bunch of their games early, and they've been integrating a lot of transfers, a lot of a lot of uh, you know freshmen, and they've looked pretty good in the process. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure that's going to be as big of a challenge as everybody's making it out to be. I mean, the coaches you know talked about last year a lot of those players that didn't play last year. You know, they, they are on Zoom. They, they, they've been with the team or, you know, they've been playing hockey. So, you know, it might may or may not be a big challenge. Yeah, so, I mean, RPI didn't even practice at all last year. I know Union did some workouts during during the pandemic. But uh, to me, just being able – not being able to you know, practice at all and, you know, RPI is off, you know, off to a you know, good start here. Just maybe that shows you the coaching of Dave Smith. Yeah, no, absolutely. Dave's pretty, uh, you know, obviously you look at two years ago, right? They, they were probably the hottest team in the country come when when the season got shut down. They looked like they were on their verge of their first, you know, ECAC Final Four berth in a few years. They probably were that year, honestly, and I told this to Dave myself, that they were probably the only team that was going to challenge Cornell that year, um, just because how disciplined they were. Um, so yeah, you obviously to look at Dave and, you know, see what he's doing there. And then, um, yeah, he's also built a pretty good roster though. I mean, they're, they're deep. They've, they've got a lot of transfers. Shane Sella from Dartmouth has fit in seamlessly there. Um, you know, Terrell Linden's a great little leader there. And yeah, so they, they definitely are building on the momentum there. And it looks, it looks like they, they just picked up right where they left off. Yeah. I mean, how do you see the finish? Uh, who's going to win the, uh, regular season? I mean, it could be one of three teams. It could be Quinnipiac. Probably Quinnipiac's probably the favorite right now, but the talent on Harvard, oh, God. Um, we'll see We'll see how long it takes them to put it together. And, you know, talent doesn't always win in the ECAC, but they have a plethora of talent um, there that has not been seen in the ECAC in probably the years I've been around. I mean, I've obviously Harvard's had some talented teams in the past, but this team has, you know, 14 draft picks, the 13th overall pick. Last year, um, you know, you're looking at a team that's very talented. So if they can put it together, they could be a challenger for you know the national title, league titles. But it's all about who, how long it's going to take uh, them to put it together. And then obviously Clarkson, like I said, Clarkson, Quinnipiac are deep. I would also look at Colgate though. I actually really like Colgate. They can score a lot of goals. Their defense is you know a little on the shaky side, but. Um, you know, they're scoring four goals a game early in the season. Their schedule's very big. I've always said that if the team's schedule's big, it's because their coach believes that they're going to be, you know, pretty good, especially in the ECAC. I see that a lot. Um, and, you know, they were off to a five and two star wins again. They had an eight three win against Arizona State the other day, lost in overtime the next night. Don Vaughn's team, this is probably one of the best offensive teams he's had in a while. So, I'd look at them, and then obviously Cornell will probably be there, but they have some uh, question marks in goal, big question marks in goal. And that's unusual for Cornell because they've always had a steady uh, run of goaltenders there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, none of their goalies have a, have a game of NCAA experience, but I feel like we all we all made jokers every four years, five years when Cornell has this problem. So Cornell's never going to have a hard time finding goalies, so this, this is going to be one of those things where, yeah, we'll probably be wrong about that again. Probably, probably. Is there a surprise team that could you know you're looking at? I mean, I, we we didn't mention Brown, we didn't mention Princeton. Brown's got a got a couple of votes in the USCHO uh, uh, top twenty poll, which I, I'm thinking, who's voting for Brown? 
they always have a couple votes, so especially in the preseason. But um, I mean, I I don't know. I I think that bottom. I think the, the, the tiers are pretty well set. I mean, you're gonna have probably the top three, four, five teams, and then you'll have the middle roads like St. Lawrence and RPI, and then you know I think you'll see Union, Princeton. I just think you know you look at the Yale's probably gonna be. 12th. I, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't think that early. And then I started looking at that. I just did just probably going to be 12th. It, it's going to be a big struggle there, but yeah, I don't really know if there's any, maybe it's because we don't really know. I, I'd look at Princeton though. Maybe they can jump up into that next tier of teams. I, I think they, they have some pretty good players. Uh, it's very deep as well. They got a few of the, they got a few fifth year guys that Ivy leagues normally don't have. Um, and yeah, I, I would look at them and obviously you, we could look forward to, uh, Reed Cashman's first game as the Dartmouth coach after two years, which, you know, it's a weird situation that is, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, former union um, assistant there with him as well, Jason Tapp. Mm-hmm. So it'll be it, definitely a couple of interesting storylines in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, Reed Cashman, of course, uh, top player with Quinnipiac back in the day. And, of course, he uh, was an assistant coach in the pros uh, in the Washington Capitals organization as well, where he came from. So I mean that that leads me to Bob Claudette. That's gosh, I mean him not being around coaching. It's just like one of the, one of the great guys in the league, and now he's uh, just enjoying retirement. Yeah, now that we haven't talked for like two years, I, I I can't tell you how surprised I was. I got the I got the text. I'm like, oh, what? You're you're kidding, right? No, I, it was kind of surprising that he did, but obviously it was time for him and. Uh, you know, Reed finally gets his opportunity, and you know, Quinnipiac's other assistant too, for a long time. Bill, Bill Riga, yeah. Bill Riga also got an opportunity, so it's good to see some of these assistant coaches that have been around uh, finally um, getting opportunities. Chris Mayot, two weeks to Colorado College, yeah. some of these top assistants finally getting jobs. It's good course, to see that. Of course, uh, Chris, the former uh, Union College goaltender, he was very emotional when, uh, about being back at Union. Uh, when uh, Colorado College was uh, uh, playing the Dutchman for a couple games, so he 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 enjoyed his four years at Union, and he said that shaped him. So and uh, and I, I know when I wrote the story back in April about Chris becoming Colorado College head coach, I emailed Nate Lehman asking. Uh, Nate was his coach for his uh, final three years at uh, Union. I asked if you ever thought that Chris Matt would become a be a head coach, and he said, "No, no, no." <laughs> so, <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> but uh, obviously, he learned, and Nate saw something in him. And uh, thanks to Nate, uh, he became he's become a head coach uh, at Colorado College, and happy to see that. So, uh, so uh, we you plan to cover games uh, this weekend coming up? Yeah, um, I think I'm probably just going to head to our. Uh, Dartmouth Harvard it's an eight o'clock game so I can get there with with work because I got to go back to work this week because I've been on vacation <laughs> but uh yeah so um yeah I, I think I'll probably try to get out there for the first game it's just you know it's now in the age of digital it's there's a lot of there's a lot of homework this time of year because uh not as much you know there's not as much going to the rink and you don't really know what the policies are so we'll see I'll probably I'll probably try to get out to Dartmouth Harvard this yeah. weekend yeah, well, we got to wear a face mask at Union. Plus, I, I'm getting used to having a video screen because when I covered the team for the first 25 years, there was no no video, and then you had to just guess what was going on at the other end of the ice because the uh, for, for people not familiar with Mesa Rink, the press box is at the one end zone. But now you got a replay. It's like it makes the job a little easier. Let's not get in, let's not get into my opinions of video boards. I know everyone loves them, but I, I'm not a fan of them. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll leave it at that. Did something happen with a fan cam with you? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, I just I just think if you look if you look over the years of the teams that didn't have them, my alma mater, I mean UNH, it just like the video board just kind of it kind of ruins fan engagement. It, it you know it's it, it's great for the fans, but it also ruins fan engagement in the game. So because they're actually watching the video instead of watching the game. So anyway, so I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say that. Anyways, um, but no, it's good on teams that are actually doing it. So, Josh, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh. Josh Siegel in 24. Okay. Josh, appreciate it. We'll have you on again sometime down the road here. Yeah, no, absolutely, Ken. Good to, uh, good to hear from you, okay? All right, thanks. That's Josh Siegel of College Hockey News. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast in just a moment. The pro football season is here, and it's time to play the Daily Gazette You Pick'em Football Contest. Predict the winners of the weekly games via your You Pick'em online account. The fan with the most correct points each week gets his or her name in the Daily Gazette on Thursday and wins a $100 ShopRite grocery card. The fan with the most overall points after 23 weeks wins a $1,000 travel voucher and could win a trip to Hawaii. For official rules, go to dailygazette.com slash football. The You Pick'em Football Contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not associated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Hi, this is Union College Football Coach Jeff Behrman. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The ECAC Hockey Face-Off selections are back after a one-year hiatus. I post my picks every Wednesday. And you can participate. Email your picks to shots, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. That will do it for this college hockey edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I would like to thank Rick Bennett, Connor Murphy, Josh Kosak, Michael Hodge, Dave Smith, Tori Linden, Lyndon Marshall, and Josh Segan for being a part of the show. Follow my coverage of the RPI Union Games this weekend on Twitter at Slapshots. And I will have podcasts after each game. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, or if you have college hockey questions you would like answered, email them to me at shot at dailygazette.com. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.